a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. One thirty-six is the time here in the KSL newsroom, and I guess throughout the Mountain West time zone. Right now in Washington, D.C., as these impeachment proceedings continue, we are at a juncture right now. Uh, the, the, the floor managers are wrapping up their time, uh, which means debate is coming to an end. And in very short order, a vote will be called for, and that will be it. That will be it. Uh, based on the number of members of Congress available today, 217 is the number. If you are following along on C-SPAN or something like that, as soon as you see that number 217 uh, on the screen, know that uh, when the vote is ended, that the president of the United States will be twice impeached. Twice impeached. Uh, real quickly, uh, before we go to Miles Hansen with World Trade Center Utah, I want to respond to a, a texter who asks a uh, a question which I can clarify. They they write, they tried to impeach him the first time, but he was acquitted. So how can he be impeached twice? Real quick. So there are two things that happen uh, in impeachment proceedings. The impeachment is something, is, is a power born exclusively by the House of Representatives. So a president can be impeached. And then once that impeachment is sent over to the Senate, they then look to either acquit or convict, remove from office and possibly bar uh, the individual impeached from future political office. Regardless of what the Senate does, regardless of whether or not they uh, acquit or convict or bar him or her from holding future office, the House's work, the impeachment is done. And so... Uh, that is why I'm speaking in these terms, that the president of the United States, if uh, Democrats uh, and those who want to see him impeached all get their way, then today will end with President Trump being a twice impeached president. hope that was clear. Uh, so thank you for uh, hanging on through that explanation. Let's now go to an important and a very important uh, topic right now, which uh, may have very real impact on your lives on your livelihood, and on your bank account, and on your paycheck. We are right now in the midst of just a few days into the second round of uh, PPP payments, Paycheck Protection Program, now available uh, via the U.S. Small Business Association. And to help us get a better understanding of how things are going, how they went the first round, and how you as a business owner uh, can best make use of these monies. Uh, Miles Hansen joins us, World Trade Center, Utah President and CEO. Mr. Hansen, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lee. It's good to be on. And let me thank you, too, for your flexibility. Yesterday, we were set to chat yesterday, and then uh, those folks back in Washington, they uh, turned things upside down. We had to pull the plug on the conversation. So thank you for being accommodating and uh, joining us here today. Happy to help however I can. You know, things in Washington are it's keeping everybody on their toes. Yeah. Uh, tell me about PPP 2.0. Uh, where, where is it available, and how can it help Utah businesses right now? And why is it so valuable? Yeah, Lee, I, I appreciate the way that you teed up this conversation because this is a topic that is relevant to everybody listening in because all of us either 
work at small businesses, and the majority of Utah companies are small businesses, or all of us work with small businesses. And so this is a topic that people need to understand for their own companies, if that be the case, or so they can tell their friends and the people that cut their hair or mow their lawn or fix their pipes, because this is something that is critical for our economy. The Paycheck Protection Loan Program has been in the news a lot for the past nine months. Back in April and May, uh, the program was rolled out, and Utah led the nation in utilizing the program. These are loans that small businesses can apply for, including contractors and sole proprietors, so mom-and-pop shops can do it as well. They can be used to cover payroll, and if you're you know, a contractor, you can use it to pay yourself. And as long as people use them for what the loans are designed to be used for, they then can get them forgiven. And so back to the first few rounds this spring, Utah had 93% of our eligible payroll covered by Paycheck Protection Loans. The SBA estimates that those loans saved 800,000 jobs here in the state. That's half of our workforce. And now we know that the pandemic's continued. And so this is an opportunity for companies to go back and get a second loan. Or for those who didn't realize they were eligible the first time, they can apply as well, and they can benefit from this this uh, PPP 2.0 uh, program that, that's being rolled out this week. You mentioned contractors who you know may not think of themselves as eligible for this money. T- talk to me about a few of the other uh, maybe – I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but who else might be listening right now and not realize that they, in fact, may qualify themselves or may be working for a place that qualifies? Yeah, so back in the first few rounds, we ended up having a team of interns from the University of Utah who uh, got a list of minority-owned businesses. There are 5,000 of them, and they started cold calling, going through one by one. And what they found is that people take a, a nail salon. A lot of people don't realize that everybody in there working is a contractor for the business owner who owns the salon. And so the salon owner, they may recognize that they can apply for it and, and cover their costs. But those contractors, the people who are you know, painting nails or doing pedicures or, or, or cutting hair, uh, they themselves can apply to get this assistance as well. And so what we found is, is the interns were making these phone calls, and we even had people going door to door, very few people – in these businesses where the model is that it's actually a contractor working at the business, they didn't realize that they were, they were eligible. And for them, think about it. It's an opportunity to go back and get two and a half months of payroll, which they desperately needed because those were the businesses that were shut down earlier on in the pandemic. And so I strongly encourage anybody who's listening, check in with whoever is providing these types of services for you and ask them, are, are you aware that you may be eligible for a PPP loan? It could be game-changing for you. That's the best New Year tip that any of us could give to anybody who's, who's providing these types of services to us. 100%. Uh, where's the door to knock on? Yeah, so if, for anybody who has an existing commercial relationship with a bank, go to the bank first. If you received a PPP loan the first go-around, reach out to your bank. They'll get you details. For anybody else, they can go to coronavirus dot utah dot gov slash business that's got all the information right there and on that website you can actually request one-on-one assistance from a group of volunteers we're calling a rapid response team we have uh many volunteers from a lot of different organizations that have become expert in how to help companies figure out if they're eligible and how to apply so right there on the website you can fill out a quick form somebody from the team will reach out and provide that one-on-one assistance to you and we're doing everything we possibly can to make sure that as many companies as possible across the state benefit from the program. How much money is available? How long is it available? And talk to me about first come, first serve. 
It's, it's, it's first come, first serve. And so there's a lot of money, about $325 billion, which is an astronomical amount of money. But if you think about the dire straits that many small businesses are across the country, the expectation is that the money will go very quickly. And so we encourage people to, to, to reach out, act today to go figure out whether or not you're eligible, get your application in so you can benefit in this program before the money runs out. Outstanding. Miles Hansen, president and CEO of World Trade Center Utah, uh, talking to us about PPP 2.0, money available right now for small businesses. And as we well know, small businesses are so integral to pretty much all of our lives right here in the great state of Utah, and there is relief for them. And I call it relief. This isn't a handout. This isn't welfare. This isn't uh, you know, no sign of weakness if you are on the uh, needing end or the receiving end of this money. Uh, we have been dealt an unfair blow this past year, and some of the ramifications of that are trickling in and lingering here in 2021. Uh, this is a way to get our economy up and running. This is a way for the moms and dads out there who rely on small businesses to keep food in their uh, pantries and a roof over the head and clothes on the backs of not only themselves but their children. Miles Hansen, I am uh, grateful to you for your role in all of this. Thanks for talking to us here today. Great to talk, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a, a quick break right now. And when we return, we're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to do so with the nominee – for the governor's office of economic development, specifically the director of that office, Dan Hemmert. He'll join us both from his new position and also as a small business owner himself. Dan Hemmert, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In just a moment, we'll be speaking with Dan Hemmert. Uh, he's wearing a few hats today. We're going to have a conversation with him as a business owner. We'll have a conversation with him uh, as uh, having been nominated to become director of the governor's Office of Economic Development. Uh, in just a moment, we'll get to that conversation. I want to bring up the audio feed, though, from the floor of the United States House. We are coming to an end of the debate over whether or not uh, to vote for or against the uh, the article of impeachment. Uh, Steny Hoyer, House Majority Leader, is concluding his remarks now. Let's hear those. Our America, the beautiful, whose founders' sacrifices we praise in song. Oh, beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. Sadly, Madam Speaker, as our current president, the appropriate words would be, who less than self, his country loved, and victory more than truth. Vote for this, for America, for our Constitution, for democracy, for history. I yield back the balance of my time. All time for debate has expired. Pursuant to House Resolution 41, the previous question is ordered on the resolution. The question is on adoption of the resolution. Those in favor say aye. Those opposed say no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized for what reason. Thank you, Madam Speaker. We'd ask for a roll call vote. 
Pursuant to Section 3S of House Resolution 8, the yeas and nays are ordered. Members will record their votes by an electronic device. The debate is over. The vote is There you go. Uh, as you just heard, the debate is over. That is it. All the cases that were going to be presented on the floor of the House have been presented. Your elected officials right now, your representatives on the House side are voting right now as to whether or not uh, Donald J. Trump will become a twice-impeached president. I predict that this uh, vote will transpire over the next uh, 35 to 45 minutes, and it's very likely that we will, on this program, before 3 o'clock arrives, uh, be able to report on the outcome of that vote. We'll set this aside for a a time, come back when the results are in, and uh, for now, return to our conversation uh, regarding the economy, specifically the most recent round of PPP payments uh, and monies available to small business owners, and one such small business owner uh, who also has uh, or has been nominated to occupy a very important position in the new Cox administration joins me now. Dan Hemmert uh, joins me, uh, again, nominated to become director of the governor's office of economic development, a local businessman himself who has represented a portion of Utah, Senate District 14, since 2016. Uh, Senator, sir, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. And, you know, I just have to say, in light of what's happening in D.C., it sounds like what we're going to talk about, you know, it, it it just it puts it in perspective, right? I mean, major things happening uh, in Washington D.C. right now. One hundred percent, and there are major things happening here as well. And this, you know, when you are facing an empty cupboard, when there's not money coming in the form of a paycheck, and when you're not sure exactly how you're going to cover the electricity bill, maybe some of the things in Washington fade away a little bit. Uh, but uh, PP, PPP 2.0 uh, is is available to folks. Talk to me a little bit about the challenges that small business owners faced uh, in this past year and how this program uh, could, at least by design, uh, help. Yeah, and I so appreciate what you say because, you know, so PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, right, this, there was a round that was passed by our federal um, Congress, signed by our president last year, that went toward – um, businesses to help them cover primarily payroll costs, which is why it's called PPP. There's a new round two that uh, was passed at the end of this year that uh, just actually applications are available starting today um, and would, would encourage any small business owner, any business owner, but particularly small business owners. It is oriented towards the small business owner to uh, contact your financial institution or, or fintech company you do business with and, and put in an application today. Um, there are $325 billion uh, as part of this, this package, but it is a first-come, 1st first serve basis. And so would encourage people to, to apply today. And what I love about what you said, so immediately prior to this, I, I, I was a small business owner, an operator, a, a dry cleaning business here in the state of Utah, Red Hanger Cleaners. And um, coronavirus and the pandemic has been devastating for, for, for that industry, for my industry. And trying to keep your employees um, employed and trying to uh, uh, make sure they have a paycheck as a small business owner, there is a very real, tangible sense of, of responsibility for that. 
And because in a small business, uh, it's, it's a family, you know, you know, everyone. Right. And um, it's, it's just, it's, it, it was, it, it's, it's so such a burden to bear, I think, as a small business owner and having this resource available from the federal government, it is a huge lifeline to, to help you bridge um, this troubling time through hopefully what will be the end of the coronavirus pandemic. Talk to me about this concept for a moment. We touched on it briefly with Miles Hansen in the segment uh, before Miles Hansen, again, uh, president and CEO of World Trade Center Utah. The the idea that you are a small business owner and uh, as you look at this as a resource and you try to understand exactly what it is and you compare that to your own ideals and your own attitudes, maybe there are notions of self-sufficiency that come to mind and you say, well, if I'm taking money from the government, isn't that just some sort of handout, uh, some sort of welfare? How is that not the case? If, if you think it's not the case, how, how, why, why is that in this instance? Um, I don't think it's the case. Well, there's two, two sides of this. This was something I, I felt strongly about as a um, elected member of you know the Utah state legislature. We did a bunch of state-sponsored business assistance programs. And my thought on that was the, the pandemic, no one caused the pandemic. I mean, no government, no person, right? It's, it's just, it's a thing, it's a virus. Um, but initially, the response to the pandemic with, those were government actions that caused the um, economic out, outcomes that occurred, right? In closures, et cetera. And that had a very real impact on people's lives. And I don't think it's inappropriate for for government, which, and I'm not saying it was inappropriate from the closing. I'm not arguing that at all, but it was government sure. that did. And it's not inappropriate for government on the same time. And, and for, for just as they use the argument, it's better for all of us if we're closed, if people aren't going to work, if, if, if people reduce their economic activity in person. It's better for all of us. It's not inappropriate to say, you know, that had an impact on a lot of business, small business in particular. That small, Those small businesses are the lifeblood of our economy. And it's not inappropriate for all collectively to say, you know, we're going to support those businesses through this time. And I wouldn't view it as a, as a handout. I would view it as a lifeline because that's, sure. that's what it is. And that's what it was for me last year. Um, Red Hanger Cleaners would have been closed permanently, all of our stores, but for the PPP program. It allowed us to keep them open. It allowed us to keep paying people. And uh, it did create a bridge. And this is that, and that's how I would view it. It's a bridge. It's not a handout. It's um, it's a way for you to survive in an artificially suppressed period in your in your business. That's the key uh, with the pandemic, and to be able to operate fully after the pandemic. Amen. It was it was artificially suppressed. Uh, it wasn't you know the the hard times did not come about as a result of mismanagement or laziness or anything like that. There was an artificial force. Uh, acting against. And so it puts it, at least in my estimation, as you've communicated uh, very clearly here, uh, outside of the realm of, of handout or welfare, but rather a warranted and a justifiable lifeline. Uh, listen, our time has expired. Uh, Mr. Hemmert, thank you so much for your time. Again, Dan Hemmert, uh, nominated to become director of the governor's office of economic development, uh, senator here in the state of Utah and a small business owner himself. Sir, thanks again. Thank you. Have a great day. You do the same. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, When we return, I'm going to share with you the top two stories at two, this new segment where we focus in on what is the most important thing in the news today. I bet you can guess at least one of them. Yeah, starts with an I. (laughs) That's up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this 
is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.